This program is brought to you by P1 Australia Racing Components, the designer of the oil heat mats for dry sump tank applications. Find out more about the truths on engine oil heating at p1australia.com. You love supercars and keeping up to speed sometimes means hitting the rev limiter? Welcome to the Gates Rev Limiter Podcast. After each round, we unpack what happened. Join Andrew Clark. We've paused a fraction and got it right, and they probably still would have won the race. I mean, and yours truly, Neville Wilkinson. These are the heady days when Ford was spending megabucks for all the action, all the controversy, and sometimes a little emotion. The Gates Rev Limited Supercars Podcast. Subscribe now on Apple, Spotify, or where you listen to them. Thunder Media. Hi, I'm Chas Mostert. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. And you're listening to Inside Supercars. From the racetracks across Australia, and here's Inside Supercars. Welcome to Inside Supercars, Tony Whitlock and Craig Gravel. We were both on the ground on the mountain. We dried out long enough uh, when uh, the rain stayed away on Sunday. It was uh, a wonderful race, another different style of race. It was uh, not one of high attrition. And fortunately, not one of high rainfall either, Craig. It was uh, well worthwhile, wasn't it? Definitely on Sunday, it wasn't high rainfall. On Saturday, as you'll hear in the Night Before the 1000 show, available through all your streaming platforms, you can hear what it was like on Saturday as we wrapped up the weekend. But yeah, we've got uh, a lot of interesting, not so much drivers, really. We're talking to the the engineers and the team owners predominantly, but we do hear from some drivers throughout this show. And then at the end, we give you some observations and uh, points of interest that uh, took our fancy over the weekend. So it's quite a bumper fill show this week, Tony. Unfortunately, we didn't get the new winner that I'd hoped we'd get, but Triple Eight added to their portfolio. We should mention, Tony, that coming up today, we hear from Andrew Edwards, also, the new team principal at Red Bull, who got their first or his first win as a race principal, didn't perhaps get the result he wanted as a driver on the same day. But uh, Jamie Wincup will be on the show. We're going to hear from the second place team, and I know you enjoyed speaking to Macca and Bruce Stewart at the end of the race. We're going to look at uh, a team that didn't have the day it was hoping for in Repco's 100th year and their 1,000th race. Ben Croke will speak to you, Tony, and I had a few words, a very few words, with Dick Johnson. Also, we're going to have a look at a couple of controversies that came up over the weekend. Brody Kostecki, Tim Edwards and James Moffat. Some very interesting and differing views right across the show today. So it is a a fascinating, well, it's a fascinating look at what was a very interesting Bathurst. Indeed. And we're going to start with, of course, Triple Eight added to their eight Bathurst wins. Um, This being, of course, Roland Dane's, I understand, maybe even childhood desire to win this race. But anyway, it was one he took on late in life in about 2004. And uh, he certainly made his mark with his team of warriors. Andrew Edwards, the engineer for Shane Van Gisbergen on 97 and has been there all year. He added uh, to his uh, great uh, list of achievements because he's now got his first Bathurst win. A wonderful uh, for him because he's a delightful young man. Uh, well, he doesn't feel he's very young. He probably doesn't feel it after the race weekend. But he is a young man who uh, certainly deserves to have had that uh, added to his portfolio. No, it's a, you know, I guess everyone dreams of winning Bathurst and and I think the longer you don't win it, the more you probably appreciate when you do, you know what I mean? Yeah, you know, how hard it is to get and the the, the heartache to get there. So yeah. Yeah, it means a lot. This this year's just been incredible, so to, to tick this box in, in, in that year is, is something else. Yeah, yeah. Mm. There's a bunch of guys who all, all have enjoyed winning, uh, not only with Triple Eight, but yep. winning with different teams. Um, I can actually remember one guy, he's an engine bloke called Rob Benson, yep. 1990. He has got one of the most incredible um, CVs for championships and 
winds and things like that because he's got silk cut jags, he's got yeah. uh, NASCAR rings, he's got you know an engine builder principally. Yeah. Um, now he runs a TCR team for Barry Morgan, but uh, you know that 1990 win was so unexpected. Now it, it, there's something quite different when it's not unexpected; no. it's in fact expected you're going to win. So you've actually got to do things really well, don't you? Yeah, it's a different pressure. Yeah. I, 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 I guess I've experienced it this year. There's not the expectation. Normally when you're the underdog, you know, it's a different feeling. But when you're expected to win, you know, it is a very different type of pressure. You know what I mean? There's an expectation there yeah. which carries a different type of weight, I think. Yes. So so there's a little bit of relief when you do win it. Yeah, <laughs> Because yeah. there is that expectation. But, but still, you can have it all. You still have to execute and the team executes... Amazingly. Yes, yeah, mm. and, and they've done it for a while because they've got they systems have. in place. And, that's it, and they've done it for years, so yeah. um, that's why I, I play a very small part in, in that. Yeah, but you, you actually help them do achieve another goal in terms of back-to-back for Shane, which is obviously an important thing for him, yep. but you've also hit a new milestone today because mm. he now took 19 of 30 yeah. races. which it's incredible. Yeah. No, it's, it's hard to believe, you know what I mean? Um, you know, we've had good competition this year so and really good racing. So, you know, each one of those I felt was hard fought, you know what I mean? And so to pull it off is something else, you know what I mean? I, I just, yeah, I'm in well, awe of the team and what they've achieved. Yeah. In fact, we, the very thing that we could talk about, if it was a horse race where they're swabbing all the yeah. horses... That is going on at the moment because yeah, no, it's under strict scrutineering and absolutely. being measure check and countermeasure and all those yeah. sort of things. Um, okay, so the next possibility mm. is that uh, either at the Gold Coast or Adelaide, you will wrap up uh, a championship and which will be your inaugural uh, V8 Supercar Championship. Yeah, let's, a... let's, let's, hope, let's hope we have a smooth run. Yeah. Um, I've tried not to really look at the championship this year because so, I just didn't really want that in my head and... And I just wanted to take each race as it came, and I think we've done that. We haven't spoken about a championship per se. We've just worked on the car, done our prep, and 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 tried to execute where we can. And thankfully, we're in a we're in a strong position, but it's not done. Yeah. Okay. Now you've worked with quite a few um, very accomplished drivers and a, yeah. and a team in Brad Jones Racing. Yeah. Who are fierce warriors. Absolutely, I mean, they, they are. They are. They're fighters. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes, yeah. 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 Um, it, it, it's obviously at a different level here because one is that you don't have the sponsorship battles that Brad's always had because he hasn't had quite the success to have the sponsors that he can guarantee from yeah. year to year. Here you've got that. Yeah. That must make things easier in terms of planning your, what you do. Yeah, the, the teams are hard to compare them. They're just they're different personalities. They're different. Yeah. They're different structures. Um, you know, obviously, I know. I know they probably get sick of this at BGR, but you know it's a different type of family environment. It's just a, it's a different. I, I found it hard to compare. You know, yeah. the intensity here is very high. Obviously, um, the work that they do is 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 meticulous, and and uh, yeah, there's incredible systems in place. You know what I mean? That have been built up over years to get to the level of reliability. Um, and success that they've, that they've achieved, you know. One of the things that happened in recent times, of course, was when, well, I won't say dumped, but when Garth was let go from HRT, yeah. um, it was a you know it was a shock up and down pit lane. Yeah. And then, of course, <laughs> Triple grabbed him. Yeah. And, wow, what a pairing. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, obviously, this is the first time I've, I've, I've uh, worked with Garth, and uh, to be honest... You know, I was slightly worried he hadn't done much, much, much racing or anything in, in the last 12 months. But then, man, his first test day, his first outing, he was there, bang, straight away. And then this weekend, first, the first lap out, he's on it. I just, I can't understand why he doesn't have a full-time drive. You know, he, he deserves to be in there. He's definitely fast enough. And we saw that today against main drivers. You know, he was he was quick. They're very different people because I've known them, mm. you know, for a long time. Yeah. But they're both self-contained, aren't they? Yeah. They don't rely on outside influences to g them up, get them going, make no. them motivate them or anything. I think, in my opinion, they've just got ta- they got they've got talent and they've got drive, but they've just got feel. Like they've got, the you know, I don't know if you can learn that or not. Yeah. You know, they they're, they're just it's guys innate. that have talent. It's innate. 
and and it just goes to show they don't, he hasn't done it for a while, doesn't do it very often, and he comes out and and, and to do the pace that he did this weekend is incredible. Yeah. So hmm. it, it's um, obviously something also you climatise. You've got four children, <laughs> yes. moving up to Queensland, yeah. and the whole kit and caboodle. Yeah, no, it's been an intense year yeah. to find my feet with the team. Uh, obviously, when you've been at a team for so long, you know you gear things a little bit around you and so coming here I'm well well out of my comfort zone yeah. um, which is what I wanted you know I wanted the challenges I, wanted a, I wanted a new challenge you know yeah. it's not because I didn't like Brad I don't like the team you know I love BJR they're a great team um, but I just needed I just needed something different and then the opportunity came up here to engineer Shane at this team you know how could you miss that up so I you know, I haven't regretted it, you know what I mean? It's been amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. And one of the things I also know that I'm sure that Brad will celebrate that win with you just as much. <laughs> well, you he's know. been super supportive. Yeah. You know, it's incredible, you know, like he came up to me on the grid at, at NZ and said, if we can't take this, I hope you do. You know, what other, what other team would say that, you know what I mean? And I, I really think he means it. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, I, I appreciate our friendship. Yeah, indeed. Well, Andrew, thank you very much. And, My pleasure. And, and it's been uh, fantastic seeing you acclimatised to this, and you have <laughs> done it. You. 17 years in Albury now. Yeah, finally. Know, coming up for a year in Queensland, yeah. you know, it'll yeah. be Christmas in the Gold Coast. No, it's going to be beautiful. Yeah, yeah. enjoy Can't it wait. all. Enjoy <laughs> thank it all. you. Jamie Wincup, another first in that he was a team principal for the first time while he did back up as a co-driver again with Brock Feeney. They didn't get quite the result that they probably hoped for or planned for. It's different. It's different for sure, but it's it's just as rewarding for sure. I've never been so nervous those last 10 laps watching Shane go around, knowing that there was a good chance we could win, but you never know. You never know until that car crosses the line that you're going to you're gonna win the race. So um, overall, I couldn't be happier. Like if, at the start of the weekend, I, I was... Hoping we come home with three straight cars, you know, and of course we're competitors, but but three straight cars in those grueling conditions is a that's a win. But for all three cars to finish in the top ten with a with a first, a fifth, and eighth, I, I couldn't I couldn't be happier. And and the only way to sum it up is it's just a true reflection of the the hard work and dedication that's gone on in this crew. It, it, you, you, you hear and go, oh, yeah, it can't be that hard, you know what I mean? But the personal sacrifice that's gone on but with, uh, with 55 people has been huge the last few months. Now, part of that's, part of that's been the Gen 3 build and other you know, GT, all, all sorts of things, but no one's worked harder and has been more dedicated than this crew. So um, I'm, I'm really happy that they got the chocolates today. It's a very different role because you, until this year, you had never sat on the couch as being the managing director and I'm a driver as well. Yeah, Hang yeah. on. There's yeah. very few who've done that. Yeah, it was a bit strange. I, I, um, I finished my stint and we put Brock in and then I, I sort of took my driver cap off and put my, <laughs> put my MD cap on and um, made sure that we got the, got the best result for the team. But um, in saying that... I, I didn't do much. You know, the, everyone's got their role and everyone's got their their purpose, and they all do their role unbelievably well. So, um, yeah, yeah, there's not much for me to do on race weekends, which is great. <laughs> during, during the day, um, because Roller was running as a satellite down the other end of pit lane, the uh, Super Eight or Super Tube um, team as part of the Triple Eight operation. Is there much common communication between the two? Is there a liaison between the two? Oh, massive. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There, <laughs> we we all ran down there. We we're hug, hugging all those guys at the end of the race, you know, because they're part of Triple Eight. I was meaning during the race. Is there is there a liaison as in this is what we're doing? What are you guys doing or anything like that? Uh, there, yeah. well, we're scanning each other's radios, yep. so for sure they know exactly what's going on. And, yep. But they've got the same they got the same plan as we do, yep. basically on how to run the race. So. They, it wasn't like, well, what are you guys going to do? Because they had it in front of them, you know what I mean? Because we had discussed it uh, before the race started. So, no, we we're, were working as one. We were working as one for sure. All right. And obviously Declan did a champion job. Declan did a great job. Yeah, yeah. you got to remember how young these kids are. Him and him and Brock, they're, they're, they're bloody teenagers, you know. Yeah. So, no, they're, they're, doing, a, they're doing a great job. Okay. So obviously, yeah, you've said it all at Bathurst, but that was a pretty wild race um, for you and Brock, obviously spinning. Yeah. Just talk us, start off with 
that into like you probably said oh, about it, but yeah, that was no. quite strange. It was almost shades of 06. So strange. I, I couldn't believe it. I thought my day was going to be done 500 <laughs> metres from the start. Like that's that's the one thing you don't do at Bathurst is you make sure you you, know, you always make sure you get a clean first lap in. But with all the water on the outside, on the right hand side, heading yeah. up Mountain Straight. We knew it was there, but you can't see it. There's a car right in front of you. There's a car behind, and there's all cars on the side. So you're you're in this pack of cars, and knowing you're going to hit the water. Anyway, I did hit the water, and it kicked sideways pretty heavily. So while I was trying to gather myself up, the car nine was spinning in front of me. So I'm trying to gather myself up while going, I've got to try to avoid you as well. Anyway, that ended up me going into a high-speed spin. How I didn't hit the wall, I don't know. And I remember missing the wall going, oh, my God, I can't believe I missed the wall. But then I knew I was going to end up back on the track. And I and I remember saying to myself, I'm going to get cleaned up here by another car. And I can't believe my day's done 500 metres from the start. That, 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 your brain's going so fast in that moment, you, you think of all sorts of things. Um, Somehow everyone missed me though, and we got a we got a got a second chance. You know, I got I got a got a got a lifeline. Four laps later, big shunt at the chase, and somehow I threaded the needle between two cars and got out of jail free again. You know, so five laps in, I felt like I was I was a cat on a third life. Um, thought, okay, we'll just put our head down here and see what we can do. Yeah. In New Zealand, um, there was some information given about sort of race management and the fact there were going to be recovery tracks uh, on the track at some stages. Yep. Either lift trucks or safety car trucks yep. or whatever on, on the track. Yep. That happened, you weren't in the car at the time, when uh, Chaz came past and then Brody came out Brody, of the pits yep. and he had to avoid the safety truck in front of him. Yep. Yep. Were you expecting that sort of thing to be occurring? Yes, yes. As soon as safety cars called, um, yes, yeah, safety vehicles, medical to recovery, whatever, go onto the track to um, to recover the recover the incident. So that's a standard thing. And if you were to speak to if you were to speak to in the tower, well, they would say, well, everyone it's safety car, everyone should be showing caution. You know what I mean? Now. I don't want to get too far. I don't want to get into it any more than that. Yep. But um, everyone should have just been showing caution and making sure they avoid, avoid the incident. The, the, the track should be under control. It should be under a safety car scenario being under control. I mean, it but, seems pretty obvious that Chaz got to that line, the safety car line, before, before uh, Brody. Brody. Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. So he, he, he was entitled to keep his spot. Yep. Uh, it was just unlucky that Brody had to wait for the recovery vehicle. But this, that's no one's fault. They upstairs of... did the right thing. Brody did the right thing by, you know, not pulling out, causing an incident. Chaz did the right thing, just driving past the two of them, you know. So it, it just is what it is. Yeah, and just what I wanted to ask you yeah, one more about the race. Like, obviously, after that start, yourself and in particular, and also Brock um, did a yeah, mighty job. We got up to P3 at one point and yeah. P5. I did mind just talking us through how you guys managed your race to salvage um, that result? Yeah, I don't know. I just spoke to my engineer before. I said, how the hell did we go from, <laughs> like, 15th? How did we get to P3? Um, and it was, I don't exactly know, but from what I could see, we pitted at the right time and got and got, got some fuel in the tank. So then when we all pitted at once uh, under a safety car, we had a lot less fuel to, to put in the car because of some some, uh, some good work done um, previously. So, uh, plus there were a few cars had a few little issues. Uh, we passed a few cars on tracks. So it was a combination of a lot of things. Got us from mid-pack all the way up to uh, to P3 with 60 laps to go. So, yeah. yeah. And um, just on, because, yeah, Gisbergen and Tandon, their win, like it was yeah. not a smooth weekend for them, obviously. They had a few, yeah, moments. But, like, yeah. if you think back to Thursday, they had really good pace in the dry. Secretly, were you guys quietly confident because you knew that forecast today was a bit dry that you guys had that yeah probably race winning pace and um we were confident we were confident in both conditions that we were going to be okay um but you just never know you never know and with a thousand k's you can have a two dollar part you can have a safety car go come at the wrong time and that that destroys your day so um we know how difficult this race is so no no one ever knows what uh what um what what the result's going to be otherwise no one would tune in on tv and no one no one sit on the outside if you knew what was going to happen so no it was um Another, another one of the best bathers we've seen actually, with with so much going on. Um, so it's it's always good to win a good one. Yeah. Um, and just because obviously you're the, I guess the factory Holden team, I guess you could say that being Holden's last win. What does that mean to to the whole team 
itself and obviously you're fighting off the old factory holding teams so there's a yeah. bit of a rivalry there yeah. like um yeah. That has to be, yeah, really significant yeah. as well. Right now, we're just we're here, we're here racing. Yeah. You know what I mean, as a race team. But we'll we'll look back on it. Mm. You know, we'll in ten years' time. You know when you you know when you think to yourself, oh, they they, they, were, they were the good old days. They were the days. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is one of those days we're going to talk about in ten years' time. Go, remember Bathurst twenty twenty? Yeah. They were the days mm. when Holden was done and we, we we won the great race. You know what I mean? So we've um we we we've made history. Um, we've made a memorable, memorable life moment here today that we won't really appreciate and understand yeah. until uh, until a, a fair bit down the track. Wonderful for Garth Sander to add to his great list with uh, now number five, Shane getting his second. It was a fantastic race, and they clearly had the uh, speed on most of their rivals, and virtually all their rivals, most of uh, Sunday. And if you want to hear from Shane Garth, Chas Mostert, Fabian Coulthard and Cam Waters. You can hear this week's Inside Motorsport that goes into detail of the drivers or the podium drivers' thoughts of the weekend. Tony, we had heard now from Andrew Edwards and Jamie Winkup. What about second place? You got to speak a couple of senior men over at Walkinshaw Andretti United. Indeed, and Bruce Stewart and Anthony Donald Macker were both pleased to be back on the podium as they did last year, of course, taking out another win for what was the Holden Racing Team, the Walkinshaw Andretti Group now. They were certainly very pleased to be back there. Bruce Stewart, who's the head of the WAU team. Another amazing race, unfortunately not quite, but yeah. uh, a very different race to last year's. It, it was, you know, and the... Uh, one thing I'm really super proud about with my team is last year went so smoothly and this year had lots of wrinkles in it and um, you really get to see the fibre of everyone's fabric when things don't go perfectly and things uh, go against you and uh, you get to see how much fight is in the dog and there's plenty of fight in the dog. Yeah, yeah. I, so I rap, rap for my team, yeah. rap for Mozzie, yeah. um, Nick had a really fast car and you know, um, you know it was unfortunate but you know We'll, uh, we know we've got something in the bank there. We can come back and uh, race hard at Gold Coast and Adelaide. All right, I look forward to catching you there and uh, seeing yeah. probably a better result there. Ah, uh, yeah, you're totally what. But you know what? At the end of the day, also coming second is, you know. Um, oh, I know. I understand yeah, full well. But we want to be on the top spot. You're right, Tony. Anthony McDonald, leader of the WAU team. Leader. Yep. Team yeah, leader. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. Now in charge of making things happen in pit lane and right. Chas Monster brought home number 25. He and Fabian did a fantastic job. Congratulations on another podium for you. Thank you. It's um, eight in a row I've been told. So uh, I think six of them were the thousand and then we had two podiums with the 500 that was up here. Remember when oh, it was yeah, up there? It was a double yeah. 500 or something Absolutely. like that. Absolutely. Yeah, so, yeah. Oh, anyway. Fantastic. <laughs> Obviously, he nearly had enough. Not quite enough, though. Yeah, I... We were close, but yeah, probably just wasn't. The car wasn't in the window enough. Yeah, you'd had a, a tyre problem a couple of times. Yeah, oh, it's just one of those things. Probably pushing too hard. Whether we had too much camber on or whatever, but yeah, yeah just, anyway, just just worked it too hard. But basically, car got there in the end anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, but for second, and obviously following on from wins last year, is enormous consistency for the team to have yeah. that happen. Unfortunately, Nick, uh, not so lucky today. He had a moment and ended up in the wall. Yeah, look, Nick's car was it was in the window all weekend and unfortunately just, uh, I think he had a gear shift problem or something like that and basically, um, yeah, just didn't go into gear and he thought it did and the next minute it was just too far out of control. The back half of his year has been dramatically better than the first half. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're just trying to work with him and understand what he wants. It's the, that's the, the biggest thing. You've got two straight cars to put in, or you've got one that's a bit bent still? Uh, it's a little bit bent, but it's a, it'll be okay. It's not right. much in it. Okay. it was, yeah, okay. not much. Um, and Gen 3 program, I mean, you, you started on, but obviously early days. Yeah, still early days. We're still focused on what we've got to do this year. Gen 3, we've got two and a half chassis nearly done, so we're going okay. We're yeah. going okay. We're not struggling with but we're waiting on bits and pieces still we're still waiting on supercars to finalize all the bits and pieces so it must be pretty exciting for the team to have zach brown here i mean given that he came here instead of japanese grand prix uh, yeah it's definitely great to have him around we, yeah. we haven't really seen him that much in the last couple of years you know with covert and all that sort yeah. of stuff so it's it's great to have him back and i'm hearing that uh, michael andretti may be making an appearance in adelaide oh uh, i would say he will be there 
Yeah. Uh, look, we hope he's there as well, so that'd be good. Thank you, Maka. Congratulations again to all in the uh, Welcome to Your Fold. It's a fabulous event. Yeah, nah, it's great. Love it. They acknowledge well and truly that they didn't have the ultimate pace for Chaz to chase down Shane, but certainly did not at any stage look like a broken man or he was giving up. So that was fantastic uh, to see that. The third uh, place getter in the Bathurst 1000, unfortunately, they allowed circumstances in the race when James Moffat was driving and Brody Kastecki went to go down the inside. It was clear that the stewards didn't feel, as both uh, Moffat and Tim Edwards' voice, that Brody, uh, his character assassination was uh, put in place. Um, the stewards didn't agree with that at all. They didn't give him a penalty as James had left the door open and then turned in on him, causing his own demise. But look, they, the team, uh, Tickford Racing, did a great job in recovering and getting that ba car back on the podium. So that was a tremendous job. And obviously Cam and J James Moffat did a super job to uh, drag that car back uh, into that position. I don't think they were a chance at any stage to uh, challenge for the race. Uh, and fourth place was the Brody Kostecki Dave Russell car. And we'll hear from them now. Yeah, it was um, yeah quite a tricky race, but um, yeah, honestly, just a massive um, credit to the shout out to the whole team. They didn't put a foot wrong all day and had a really fast car. Um, yeah, De Ross did an awesome job. Um, you know, gave the car back to me in second place, which was awesome. And um, yeah, we executed really well. Just um, yeah, didn't quite have the speed, you know, towards the end to sort of hold off. Um, you know, Chazzy and um, Cam and try race Shane. Was so, there yeah. any sort of tyre problem at all there, or you just didn't lost grip sort of through? Ah, uh, no, just the engine was just shit, so, okay. um, just yeah, just losing six-tenths down, down both, both Dave strokes. talked about a few minutes ago, when you box in and restarts, it's just hopeless to try to recover. Yeah, anytime there's a safety car, it's just an absolute turd, so, um, yeah. yeah, a bit disappointing. It was nothing like that in practice, so, yeah, we'll have to look into it and see, um, see what the go was, but, yeah, but it got worse as the day went on, so... Yeah, a bit annoying doing 161 laps, um, feeling like you're down at half a cylinder. So, yeah, we'll um, have a look and see what we can do better. All right, we know you will, and we look forward to catching up with the Gold Coast. Thank you. Dave Russell, fourth place is certainly another wonderful thing. Not a podium, not far away from, but Brody certainly fought to the end. It was a great race, recovery as well. Yeah, for sure, you know, like we, we started out of P9 and... Um, yeah, like the, it was pretty nuts at the start of the race. So I just just um, had to survive all that, and I I knew at that stage I went, you know what, we're in the we're in the game here now. We can really um, start fighting our way forward. And um, my second stint when I got in, and I knew I had some of the main drivers behind me, I had GT in front, and I I went, oh well, the only way I can um, press on, I got to got to go with him and do it. And and uh, to shake those guys, to shake off um, Deep Pasquale and Percat, and um, be you know. Virtually the second quickest car was, yeah, it was good, good, um, yeah, good for me to to you know feel comfortable and um, to have that sort of pace is is really good and and look for Bush to hop, hop in at the end and you know be hammering out the times and we, we knew that we didn't have the motor and it, it, it obviously it makes it hard especially when you're boxed in at a restart yeah 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 you know there's no way to to go with them no like if you get boxed in and yeah dare I say it's sort of um, I've experienced that in the past when, when uh, when I was at Nissan, it was the same thing. You had to sort of, yeah, know know when to hold back and then give yourself a chance to the have abuse. a crack over the yeah, top. Yeah. Um, and yeah, very similar sort of in in that circumstance where we just didn't quite have that straight line today. You know, it made it a bit harder, especially um, especially on Conrad. Um, I mean, obviously Brody is not a person who gives up at all. He fights right to the, to the bitter end. Um, you'd obviously be very happy to go again with him and... and oh, yeah, for sure. Like, we get on good, the whole team. We're, you know, like, the performance we put in today, other than, you know, the result there, we were, you know, we're P2 for, you know, and and top three, you know, pretty much all day. So um, all the ingredients are there. We just, you know, we just come out on the wrong side of that last um, safety car for us. And, you know, as I said, you know, back to... There's nothing Bush could have done. He was definitely a he's a fighter, and you know there's definitely nothing he could have done to you know hold out that sort of speed um, at that last restart. All right, Dave Russell, congratulations again. Thank Another you. great finish at Bathurst. Wonderfully done, and uh, you're a champion, mate. Thanks, thanks, Tony. You did try to speak to the team principal or one of the team principals, Erebus Motorsport, Betty Clemenko. Somehow my brain still hasn't uh, realised that there was. Uh, you know, We've been pipped by a truck. 
You know, it's like, you know the memes are going to happen now? You know, this, 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 what, does he lose five points? Yeah. I mean, does he have a 15-second penalty? I mean, that's ridiculous yeah. that he was even there. But it's Bathurst, these things happen. Could indeed. have been a kangaroo. Indeed, indeed. Um, so, yeah, so you've got all three of your cars home. Yes. Despite uh, things Despite everything. Yep, yep. And, uh, and certainly um, having Richie and Greg... Finish 11th is fantastic. Oh, that's a. I, I mean, I'm amazed. Not amazed at their talent, but amazed that, you know, that a kangaroo didn't come out or this didn't come out or that. Because you know Bathurst. Yeah. And yeah. They, they got quite cleanly through it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll talk to Barry when I find him. Um, Brody, obviously, um, you know, is a small slip up and Cam was through um, yeah. on that very late in that uh, last restart. Um, I mean, obviously, both uh, Brody and Dave did a terrific job today to keep them in contention right up to the end there. Was there anything you found that was really lacking? Do you sort of go, do we need to do more of this, more of that? You know, I, I don't. I, I don't because, uh, you know, Brody is, is, that, is that driver that will find every single last ounce of whatever is needed. And unfortunately for him, you know, these things happen. But yeah. I, th- I was really proud of them. You know, Dave did a great job. Yeah. He, he did exactly what a co-driver should do. Yep. And, you know, and Brody wasn't... Brody's growing up. There's, he's losing that yeah, yeah. that aggro, oh, I've got to sleep in the corner, I've got to do this. He knows now that it's not just about being on the podium, it's about the points for the team. Yeah. So they did a good job. Congratulations, Betty, Thank to you. you and your team. Thank you. Absolute wonderful it's job. It's been a big weekend. And to have all three cars there... Right there, it's just fantastic. Oh, it is. It's still, you know, it, it, we love, everyone knows Erebus loves Bathurst. But every time I walk away from Bathurst, I think, you know, that was great. Yeah. Your time will come again, we know that. Oh, Absolutely. There's many more Bathursts to come. Barry Ryan, his driver, Brody Kostecki, was getting a lot of heat about that contact. In fact, we've got James Moffat talking about that contact here now. It's probably going okay for us until... Brody just drove like a dickhead at the cutting and um, turned us around and, um, yeah, put us on the back foot, really, for the rest of the day. So proud of the team for, you know, just putting their heads down and, you know, not giving up. I'm with Team Edwards. It's moments after the end of another Bathurst 1000. You've obviously had pace weekend, but not quite enough. Cam did a, a mighty job and kept it there, but then the last little stint couldn't quite have the car. I don't think any of what you just said had any impact on our race. The fact is, it was all coming down to track position, and we lost track position because we were turned around, you know, very early in the day. So, you know, we had a car fast enough to win the race, so it had nothing to do with it. It was just, it was track position was all it was going to be with those top three cars, you know, the... The, the, the speed's that close between them all that it's just track position and yeah. we lost that because of some other idiot's, you know, yeah. mistake and um, cost us 15 spots and we fought hard for the rest of the day to get us back into the, you know, the pointy end but not where we wanted to be. Yeah, it was certainly, a, you know, a fantastic effort to be back there. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah, that's right. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's hard because then you're compromised with your strategy and you don't necessarily do what you want to do with your strategy because it's all about how do we get back to the pointy end and you're making compromises all the way along to get back to the pointy end. But ultimately, once, you, once we kind of got there and we're racing with the, you know, the guys that we expect to be racing with, it just came down to track position and we couldn't get fuel in hand or anything like that because we had to use our, you know, anything you do creative with, with pit stops and fuel in hand, we had to use that to get ourselves back to the back into the pointy end of the race. So Pretty hard also when you're recovering with losing a couple of cars so early. Yeah, well, that's just disappointing, yeah. I yeah. mean, until the cars made it 400 metres into the race, yeah. the, the Kostecki tar, they battled around with a very bent car for, for 160.5 laps. Um, and, uh, yeah, disappointing. But as we heard, Brody didn't speak about that incident and the incident we'll speak about later of the uh, safety car on the circuit on the air to you, Tony. He uh, he didn't, and he certainly doesn't blame their end result of the race on that recovery truck being on the track. There had been discussions in New Zealand forewarning the teams and owners and drivers about what was coming at Bathurst, that there would be um, as many, if not more, recovery vehicles to keep the racing going as quickly as they could. Of course, you and I remember back in our in our youth watching the race when 
trucks seemed to be all over the place recovering cars, uh, and uh, it seemed to be a far more hazardous race back in the 70s and even 80s, Craig. I'm sure you remember that. Indeed, and that throwback was very much what we saw with uh, Chad R's and Robotham's car at Bathurst. It was a, a real privateer entry, wasn't it? And it was fantastic to see. It might be a while till we see such an effort um, in a privateer sense in the uh, Bathurst in the future because the Gen 3 car is going to very much be the focus of the teams that hold the licences. And unless they're putting the wreck in, I don't know there'll be many cars to sell off to privateers, if you like. Indeed, of course, that one was heavily a Walkinshaw and a United car, the wild card of Charter and Robot. David Couchy, your first Bathurst as the head honcho. How did it feel? Uh, mate, it was a yeah, it was a full-on Bathurst. There was so much action, obviously, very early. A uh, real shame uh, to see 26 go out in that way. Um, you know, completely innocent and probably you know pretty silly uh, from Goddard, unfortunately. Um, so that was really disappointing for the team, but. Um, to their credit, they uh, you know everyone picked up their heads and really focused in on car ten. Uh, Matt Payne did a fantastic job in his rookie uh, rookie Bathurst. Um, he he was he we couldn't have asked for any more from him. And Lee is just stunning around this place as well. So look, we probably got as much as we could have out of that today with where our cars currently at and engine performance and things like that. Um, so look, uh, yeah, you know overall uh, a very positive day for for our team and. Um, we can build off that, and yeah, there's still plenty more to come. Did you come into this weekend understanding what the weather might be with a, a, a very specific goal on what you wanted out of the car? Um, oh, look, I think the weather was always looking like there was going to be wet at some point, but pretty early on we, we, we also thought that Sunday was going to look dry, which it, which it was, except for a very tiny tiny period that was really light rain. Um, you know, and look, here it's it's... It's one of those races, yeah, you look you're or events, you're always trying to focus on the race because Sunday is what matters. Nobody remembers who was on pole, but everyone remembers who's on, who, who uh, wins the race. So there is always that focus, but we didn't have a lot of dry running in the lead up. So, um, you know, it was what it was and um, everyone just uh, did, did their best with the data that they got from the Thursday dry running. How hard is it to step back from that engineering role and to take that that higher level, more strategic position, because uh, as I got told when I was uh, when I was uh, operating my own business, if your head's under the bonnet, you're losing money. Yeah, exactly. It is. Um, you know, you, you have to. You're looking over the after the ent- entire team, and um, and there's lots of different facets to the to, to the team. It's um, so it's not. It's very different to just being a race engineer on, on one car, where you're very got pretty much tunnel vision on on one thing, and you don't. You don't uh, see a lot of the other bits and pieces that go on. Um, so yeah, it was a different. Uh, you know, I've learned a lot. I'll learn a lot from this weekend, and, and so will, and so will this team. A lot of a lot of guys and girls in this team. It was their first Bathurst ever. So um, so we had a lot of rookies, not just on the track, but also in the garage. Um, so again, the, the team just did, did sensational this weekend. They they dug deep. Um, and, and got the and got the you know the the, the result that, that we sort of deserved and of, of where we're at currently. We talked to you earlier in the season, and you were, we talked about where you wanted to get to the team and to to get everyone understanding the playbook, if you like, and the the operation manual of how a David Couchy team is run. How far along that journey are you? And with two more races, where are the big development opportunities? Yeah, look, I think, you know, again, the team's progressing, you know, really, really well. I'm, I'm really happy with that. Um, you know, I, I'm not going to put any timelines on, on, on anything, um, but I'm, I'm really happy with where we're, where we're tracking and the progress that we're making. We've got some more good people coming um, later in the year, and that's only going to help us. Um, and, you know, and there's only so much we can do with this current car. Um, they've only got literally two more races uh, to go now um, with this car. We know the weaknesses of the car, but there's a lot of those weaknesses. Unfortunately, the cost to um, develop them out is too much. So um, we're not going to sink money into uh, into that. We've definitely got um, now definitely a, probably one to one and a half eyes on Gen 3. Um, that's pretty much been our focus. Um, we, we, we're you know trying to make sure we hit the ground running with that. Um, but I think you know we're getting very good results out of the machinery that we have. And you've got a great 
taster or teaser if it was for 2023 seeing how Matt performed in the car on the big stage. Exactly, that's one of the you know the biggest positives of today is, is the way is the way Matt performed all weekend really, even in his Super Two car. Um, any every time he stepped into the Penrite car, um, and today in today's race we couldn't have asked for for any more that, um, from him. So you know, look, that's really exciting for us. Um, looking to 2023 with Dave and Matt. Um, so mate, there's so many positives. Um, again, driving drivers, team, um, it's all tracking in the right direction. Well, I never know whether you say congratulations, but it, for one car up the top and one car in the fence, but I feel it is appropriate. Yeah, cheers. I'll take the congratulations. Thank you. Come with Ben Croke. Tough day at the factory for DJI Penske, Thousands Race. Ben, was that a brake problem that uh, Will encountered? No. It was gearbox related or something like that? Ah, uh, yeah, just outlap, cold tyres. Okay. Didn't get, didn't quite get the downshift. Your cars were nearly there most of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, both of them were, were nearby, not far away. Yep. Just not quite the, the speed? Uh, I think... Um, it was a day of fighting. We we just fought fighting back all day. Yeah. You know, lap one we're in the garage um, with one car, and you know, 20, 30, 40 laps later or whatever it was, we're bogged with the other one. So it was just a day of fighting back okay. um, to get ourselves in a position to fight at the end, and then we just didn't quite have much left to, to fight with. Okay. Um, have you got a? Is it a big rebuild for both of them? Or I mean, obviously Gold Coast is coming up soon. Uh, 100's fine, it finished. Um, haven't seen 17 yet, so right. no, not sure. Okay. Alright. Um, obviously also you've got Gen 3 around the corner. Do you have a, an enormous workload now for before Gold Coast? Or is it just get these two cars ready? And... Uh, no, there's a big workload going on in, in every department. So right, okay. Yep, lots going on. Alright, well I know that DJs will bounce back as they have over the last 40 odd years. So Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. That we, it's, uh, just one race and move on quickly and go to the next one. Indeed. Well, Dick Johnson, it uh, wasn't the way you wanted the 1,000th race to finish, but it's a remarkable achievement for the team. Yeah, it certainly is, but, uh, you know, Bathurst is just like that, isn't it? You know, you got to get everything right. If you don't get it all right, well, and you've got to have an awful lot of luck. It was an amazing day. Have you seen as many cars having that many Band-Aids on them before? Uh, I wish I was the man who owned all the tape, to be quite honest, but, yeah. No, it's it's been pretty incredible. So, moving on to other subjects, Craig. I'm not aware of the television ratings for this year's batters. I know there was certainly a good, not a great crowd on the mountain. Um, you had a chance to look and see uh, who was watching on the box. Yes, and the one thing about the race going into the Channel Seven News means you do pick up a lot of viewers so looking at the television coverage the uh, reporting is on seven and seven mate over 4.82 million people watched the live racing with a further 299,000 on seven plus the podium had 1.89 million which included the 94 watching live on seven plus so great results and uh, a fantastic, uh, a fantastic result for supercars because I honestly thought we might not get the race done before it was dark in the early part of the uh, proceedings. But 4.82 million, uh, a great number. We haven't got the Fox Sport number. We don't have the KO number, but you would have to think there would be, you know, around that 100,000 in fact, it doesn't include 111,000 who they believe watched last year's race, and I would imagine that that number would have grown over the last 12 months. So I think the television ratings were extremely solid, and I actually thought the crowd was um, was very, very strong. You probably didn't have the walk-up attendees for Sunday, but the parking, the camping, it was all... It was all chock-a-block full. And I think now is the perfect time to thank uh, the guys, Dale and his team at the Bathurst Hilton because uh, it was fantastic to have a, a taste of the Bathurst Hilton over the weekend, Tony. In, indeed it was. While I'm not signing up for uh, next year's event just yet, I was very glad to have had the establishment to stay in. So that was fantastic. Something you missed out on 
on the uh, Thursday very early morning, like about five o'clock. Betty uh, Clemenko and I had a chat about it because uh, someone had made a very large faux pas in leaving the uh, audio running at the track and there was live music, not live, it was recorded music, going to air at five o'clock in the morning, waking up a good number of people and I let my feeling and Betty's known to the management at the event to say that this should not, and they're very apologetic, but uh, it didn't make it better that night. Uh, an amazing end to the race with so many green laps there. You had to sort of think because it was at least a triple stint, maybe, or double stint at least. I don't know for certain, but I'm pretty sure that Brad Jones' car's got the uh, best fuel consumption, which is always a, a challenge for the teams to uh, to get that uh, fuel consumption because that obviously dictates the uh, driver's stint. But, yeah, look, it was a wonderful race for a bunch of reasons. Um, least of all that it was a lot of very fast running, not a new lap record, a new race record, but certainly one that it brought some things to light again. That is that some relative inexperience of some of the co-drivers. Uh, we're in a situation now where there's always a shortage of those co-drivers and some of the stalwarts of the, the uh, Dave Russells, Luke Yuldens, uh, Warren Luffs, these guys get snapped up pretty quick if they're not on ongoing contracts. But the young new breed, and those, those of course, were Zane Goddard, Zach Best, Jaden Ojeda, um, Declan Fraser, Brock Feeney, of course, is a full-time now. But the young drivers did come in for some criticism. I think some of it very unwarranted. The very first instance, it was deemed by the stewards to be, that was on the lap one going up Mountain Straight, deemed to be a, a racing incident with no penalty, no single driver the cause of it. Certainly there were multiple cars involved in it and and pretty sad for a number of teams that that and the next one on coming out of the chase when Zane Goddard um, came across very quickly on the exit from there. It had sort of some earmarks of an incident a few years ago when Jamie and Garth Tanner, I can't remember who the third driver was there, Craig. Jack Perkins, he was in that. Jake Kostecki. And that was a very interesting thing that happened. And I, I did speak to a couple of people in the engineering departments of teams after the race about the ability to regain your lap at the conclusion of a safety car period um, that had a lot of discussion about the pros and cons of it. We also heard from Shane Van Gisbergen and Chaz Mostert, Cam Waters, about that very thing. <coughs> Ideally, it's good because you want more cars up, up in the battle and in the race, but it's too easy to get a lap back and you know, it needs to be a bit more of a challenge with strategy instead of just waiting. You'd see the cars pit and then they'd get a free kick again. So they get a full tank of fuel and the wave around. So it's probably a bit easy for them to get the laps back. But um, ideally, we need a bigger grid size to not need this stuff, you know. So, yeah, I think we need a bigger grid size. I personally like it. I think it's pretty harsh. You know, all these teams come here every year and sometimes the races don't go to plan. I think it's pretty rough on teams for six hours if they're out of the race in the first hour because we refuse to let people try and get back into the race. So um, shoes on the other foot, I think it's um, if you're leading and you've done everything right, then you don't understand why these other cars come back into the race and have a chance at winning again. But it's um, we're in entertainment at the end of the day. You've got all these teams and all these people come here to put all this effort in. Um, the least we could do is um, at least make a race of it. So um, I think it's good. Uh, no, you can be, I guess, both sides of it, can't you? It'll work for you or against you. And, um, yeah, I guess if you're leading, you don't want it. But we are in the entertainment industry and we want to put on a show for all our fans. So um, the more cars in the race, the better. The, the jury's out. If, you, if you're at the front, you don't want the lap drivers pulled out from the train and you don't want them getting their lap back and getting back into the race. If you're one of the lap drivers, that's exactly what you want. But Jake Kostecki came back from, was it six or seven laps down? That was a remarkable effort, A, to only go that few laps down in the repairing of the car, but then to be able to get yourself back on the lead lap was a, a fantastic effort of strategy and skill. One of the things as an adjunct uh, to the broadcast was 
I, I wish Neil Crompton would learn not to keep on talking about lucky dogs because most people would think about power meaty bites when you're talking about lucky dogs. Most people don't watch NASCAR in this country. Most people don't follow what NASCAR does in its rules and regulations. And I think Neil needs to move on well and truly from calling, oh, another lucky dog situation here. Um, yes, talk about drivers regaining their lap and getting back. And, and obviously that's part of the need for, with such smaller fields that they were in the days of the 55 cars, we need to keep as many cars um, involved in the outcome of the race. Just talking now on that incident um, that came coming out of the chase when Zane Goddard went across the grass, he was given a uh, $10,000 with 5000 suspended penalty. I don't know what the actual uh, wording was, whether it was a dangerous or careless. I can't think it would be dangerous. It would be careless driving uh, penalty. Was that it? Do you know? I believe the penalty was a $10,000 penalty for an unsafe re-entry. There's a lot of conjecture and a lot of people that really threw him under the bus. And you've got to remember, these conditions were very, very tricky. He's a young driver. He's a very good young driver, but it wasn't as if he shouldn't be there. And I really think that there has been a lot of comment that is perhaps not in, not fair, or even in a, a very sporting sense it was a costly mistake, but you'll hear from David Couchy on the show a bit later on, and he, he didn't have any vitriol, um, unlike some of the other team uh, principals that we hear from. Yeah, I, I think a lot of keyboard warriors have jumped on board. There were some things said during the race commentary that, that were not complimentary, but heaven forbid if every mistake I made was given that amount of critique and criticism. Well, of course, Craig, we know that a lot of your mistakes are made in private behind closed doors and no one really knows the true ramifications of those. But Zane Goddard, I don't think from the moment he left the track, he had control of his trajectory and therefore when he went across, um, maybe he didn't lift off the throttle. That's maybe why it was a 10,000 with 5,000 suspended. But the net result was that he certainly, uh, as you said, David Couchy, doesn't sort of look to Zane Goddard for causing the demise of, of the uh, Dave Reynolds uh, car. Um, you know, unfortunate, but nevertheless. The other one, Zach Best, he copped a few things as well. He was sharing, of course, with Tom Randall. The conditions were, you know, atrocious. And I think that to get out with the uh, incidents we did were, were terrific. Let's get on with uh, talking about some of the other incidents. Obviously, DJR didn't have the race result that they had earned from a 1,000 races uh, over a 40-year span, um, nor did um, the uh, Tickford Racing um, with their multiple entries, the four cars, uh, I think only two of them got home to the full distance or maybe three of them. But uh, it was a, a pretty amazing event. I was certainly glad I went to it because it was worthwhile being on the ground to see it happen. Um, just very briefly, we should also make mention about the uh, Sunday races. Uh, both the Porsches and the Development Series didn't get their races in on Sunday. Um, Porsche actually he lost two of their three races. Uh, only the first race, that happened on the Saturday uh, happened. Aaron Love again being uh, you know, the pole winner, then taking out that race win. Um, very unfortunate that the, the uh, Dunlop uh, Super 2 Series didn't get their race in as well. Um, these young drivers, when they get onto a big stage, they need to have their time in the spotlight, obviously because of timing issues and the sheer conditions. Um, uh, I'm sure that uh, while many of them regret getting their opportunity to race. I'm sure there are team owners and car owners who are quite glad they weren't out there bringing back small bottles of liquid saying, this is all I've got left sort of thing. Um, Craig, your feelings on uh, uh, the race day itself? Look, I think that there's a reason Super 2 isn't on the Sunday anymore. Part of that is because they went to the 250 mini enduro as they called it for the super twos to have you know a, a bigger race and a, a more substantive race at bathurst to help with the development of these drivers and while that is 
great and it's something that they've all been asking for, now we're back to the three races and they've spread them once again over the three preliminary days. I don't have a problem with that. Um, I don't share your feelings that uh, it has to be on the Sunday. Remembering that when we did used to have the race on the Sunday, some of the Super 2 drivers didn't actually race Super 2 because they didn't want to jeopardise their main game race. But I agree with you entirely. Your biggest audience, and we are going to talk about television audience, the biggest audience was is definitely on the Sunday. So the team owners and bang for the buck, that's really where you want to be. So I understand both points, but I think there's pros and cons for both. I didn't particularly have a problem with it. Um, if you want to hear the support category driver's thoughts on Sunday, um, because a number of those races were very short races because of the weather and track conditions, um, Aaron Borg, Aaron Love um, and uh, a few others all join us on... Oh, and Zach Best, uh, not Zach Best, Zach Bates in the Toyota 86s join us on next week's Inside Motorsport as they wrap up their weekends. So you'll hear firsthand from those support category drivers on the Sunday. One last thing from me on the subject is they still haven't announced what the schedule is for Adelaide uh, in December and uh, the one thing that I would hate to see that those young drivers for their final event of 2022 would miss out on that opportunity to start on the Sunday race in Adelaide because as you know it's a very big crowd and for some years that they didn't get that finally supercars of ESCO uh, relented and gave them back that opportunity and I understand full well the importance of the longer races and the development of young drivers but for the sake of the sponsors and the car owners and the team principals in the, the development series, they need to get their time in the limelight and I'll make sure that uh, I'll do what I can to help them achieve that. The race itself started, interestingly, uh, different to what happened in Japan, Craig. You might like just to uh, give your thoughts on that. Yes, it did start as a standing start, as we saw in Japan. And one, one parallel with Japan was the incident with Brody Kostecki coming out of the pits and Chas Mostert, they were racing to the control line where they were hoping, to, well, where Brody was obviously hoping to maintain the position he was in and he came out to find that there was a, a safety vehicle in his path of travel, which allowed, uh, perhaps allowed Chas, who had the momentum to ensure he got the position from him. In Formula One, we saw a, a situation in the torrential, torrential rains in Japan that a safety vehicle was on the circuit. And uh, I know the uh, Sky broadcast had to fill, what was it, an hour and a half, maybe longer of uh, airtime. And that one very much seemed to blow up as the, the story that was going to get them through intervening period till the race restarted under a, a safety car. Before we hear from Cam Waters about starting behind the safety car, what were your thoughts, Tony? Um, look, I think they certainly made the right decision, giving drivers the, the time to acclimatise to the immense waters being thrown up. And while we don't have a true wet weather or monsoon-style tyre, um, it seemed to me that uh, the, the Dunlop wet did a very good job for the conditions it was faced with. Um, I didn't hear of anybody who ran out of wet tyres, but it was certainly uh, uh, a way to get the event happening, and that's what they did, and, and it worked, and it worked quite well. We can't go all soft like Formula 1, so I think we did the right thing. Well, all in all, it was a terrific event to be at, and certainly one well worthwhile to drive. Championship wasn't decided, there are 600 points still for grabs. While uh, Shane doesn't have a 600-point lead, it's as good as. And uh, it is highly unlikely from this point of the season, with only two events to come, that being the Gold Coast and Adelaide, the return to the Adelaide 500. It'll be a wonderful moment for Shane Van Gisbergen to pick up his second championship. A very worthy winner, because he rewrote the record books in setting 19 wins for the season. Now, the remarkable thing is, of course, 
He's won 19 of just 30 races. And it's something that Andrew Edwards is well and truly enjoying. And certainly Triple H should take a lot of great heart from the team that they've done and put that together with. So thank you for joining us on the Inside Supercars. Listen in, enjoy the show, and we'll uh, talk to you and hear from you next week on Inside Supercars. The Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next time for more. Or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars. The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. You love supercars and keeping up to speed sometimes means hitting the rev limiter? Welcome to the Gates Rev Limiter Podcast. After each round, we unpack what happened. Join Andrew Clark. We paused the fraction and got it right, and they probably still would have won the race. I mean, and yours truly, Neville Wilkinson. These are the heady days when Ford was spending mega bucks for all the action, all the controversy, and sometimes a little emotion. The Gates Rev Limited Supercars Podcast. Subscribe now on Apple, Spotify, or where you listen to them.